Hola mamas, welcome back to Mamas AF. This is Christian. Today's episode is going to be going into detail as to why I decided to get my tubes tied. Well, first of all, I don't know why it's called tubal ligation because to me ligation means tied. I don't know, maybe I should look that up, but my tubes were not tied. My tubes were my tubes were snipped and cauterized, which means the ends of the tubes were burned off, um, and that kind of prevents the eggs from dropping into the uterus with the possibility of fertilizing with sperm. So yeah, I got my surgery about two weeks ago. Um, I didn't post about it until after it was all said and done. I think I posted the next morning after I got the surgery. Um, my husband and I had always said we wanted four kids. And as you know, if you've been following us for a while, we do have three kids. We have two girls and one boy, ages 10, 7, and almost 3. And I think there are so many reasons why we thought that this was the best route or the best ending to our expansion of our family. Um, We started having our kids very young. We were 19 when I got pregnant and 20 by the time our daughter was born. And then I, during that time, I was working full-time and I was going to college full-time at night. And it was just a very emotional time for me as a mom having to leave my new baby, being a new time mom and having all of these other duties or responsibilities or goals to achieve in life. Um, In the back of my mind, I always knew that I wanted to be more of a hands-on mom. And I think the reason why was because my mom was always a stay-at-home mom, very hands-on, always volunteering at the school, always having our house clean by the time we got home from school, always having dinner ready at the table for when we got out of school. And I always knew I wanted to be a mom like the kind of mom my mom was and still is but another part of me especially being a first generation American um, I wanted to be a strong working woman too because I wanted to be I wanted to have a title in life I wanted to make sure to prove I guess or to achieve and make my parents proud by um getting some sort of a college degree or some sort of a a profession, something professional. And during the process of me going to college, I thought I was going to school to be an orthodontist, but then I realized how much schooling actually goes into it. And along the way, I met Maritza, who's one of my good friends now. Shout out to Maritza. Um, She was my manager at a dental office. I was working as a front office girl, started as a dental assistant, then started working front office. And in conversations with her, come to find out she was also going to college, but she was going to college to become a dental hygienist. So she kind of educated me in a sense on what the profession entails. And at that point, my daughter was only one year old. So I decided to go ahead and make a career change. So I went ahead and I did that. Um, By the time I submitted my application to hygiene school, I was pregnant with my second daughter and she was a very, very wanted baby. We kind of struggled to conceive her. It took us five months to conceive her. And I always talk about this in my stories about how God constantly shows up 
even when we don't think that we need him in a sense. Not that I've, all, I've thought that I don't need God. It's just this was one of the things that I would never think that God would intervene in. Maybe it was naive for me to think at the time. Now I know better. But we tried and tried to get pregnant because I wanted to get pregnant and make sure to give my oldest a sibling or a buddy while I went to hygiene school because I knew going into hygiene school, I would basically be a slave to my schooling and I wouldn't be able to be the hands-on mom that I craved to be and I was afraid my daughter would feel lonely. So I just wanted to make sure that she had a buddy, that she had somebody to, a, a companion to keep her um company while I was busy achieving goals <laughs> in life. So anywho, I end up pregnant five months after continuously trying and come to find out by the time I get into hygiene school and I finish my pregnancy, my water breaks a day before I was set to have three months off of school. So it was just aligned so perfectly. God's hand was definitely involved in this in this uh, conceiving of my child. And so Melania and Angelina, my two daughters, were kind of being raised by my mom in a sense while I was in hygiene school. I end up graduating hygiene school in 2015. My husband and I finally get married in 2016. And we decide that it's time to have one, have another baby. Like I was just getting my baby fever. My youngest was four years old at the time. And I just knew like I wanted another baby. So we literally just tried once and we're like, let's see if we get pregnant. Cool. If not, then whatever, you know, we just kind of go with the flow. And sure enough, first try, we get pregnant with our baby boy, our son, Julian. And to say that we were on cloud nine doesn't even come close to that feeling of getting our son. My son is a baby that was also very well wanted, not that my other children weren't, but it just, we had our two little girls and we just really, really, really wanted a baby boy. And he was just literally our dream come true. Even for the girls, the girls were so ecstatic to have a baby brother. And with all three of my pregnancies, I ended up having C-sections. Well, right before my son was born, I was asked by the nurses if I wanted to sign to get my tubes tied. And I freaked. I just... I don't even know how to describe it. I just wasn't ready. I always knew we wanted four, like I said. And when she asked me that, I was just kind of like, oh, you're going to ask me that right now when I'm about to go into the OR. Like, she just kind of caught me off guard. So I did, she, she didn't let me sign. She told me, okay, you hesitated. I'm not going to let you sign. So she didn't let me sign. And I, honestly, I didn't want to sign at that point. I was about to have my third baby and I thought I wanted a fourth baby. So I was like, no not right now, you know, um, it would have been an easier route. Let me tell you, had I decided to do that right then and there, it would have saved me the pain that I went through after I actually did it. So my son is born and, or was born. And I will say that the recovery from that C-section was euphoric in the sense that my mom and my mother-in-law took such good care of us like took care of me in the sense of not allowing me to leave my bedroom, just stay upstairs, breastfeed the baby and sleep and rest and recover. While they handled my daughters, they did the cooking, the cleaning, the drop off, the pickup at school, the whole nine, like they made sure that I was well taken care of. 
My mom is really big about following instructions to the T, especially post-op instructions. So she wanted to make sure that I did not drive for six weeks and I did not drive for six weeks until I healed from my third C-section. It was just such a beautiful experience to just be able to lay there and not have to worry about hurrying back to work or hurrying back to school or having other responsibilities. Like I just fully enjoyed my boy and I'm very blessed that the girls are very calm children like they just kind of wanted to hang out with us and just lay with us and it was just it was such a beautiful serene time in my life like I truly enjoyed just being there and being so in love with my son being surrounded by my daughters and just having my mom and my mother-in-law take such good care of me I'm super fortunate to be able to have the people that I have surrounding me and so about six or yeah, about six months after my son was born, uh, I was struggling to find babysitters. It's just it's so easy to find a sitter for one person, for one kid. For two, it's all right. But for three, it's a game changer. So we were just struggling. Our moms were kind of they are very helpful in watching our children, but they also have their own things going on. And we were, came to a point where I just I kept having to find backup plans and very last minute backup plans and it was just not ideal for to be going through that stress um so I jokingly one day when we couldn't find a sitter I told my husband maybe I should start staying home and he was like actually that's not a bad idea maybe you should and it just kind of sparked conversation between us and especially at the moment I was breastfeeding full-time my son never had formula so um it was something that I was struggling with at work because my bosses were not very supportive of my other duties in life. They thought I was just their employee and that's it. There was no more to me. Um, so I had to keep fighting for my rights to have moments to pump or to eat enough, to make enough supply. And so I just, I decided to stop working and I did and I started to stay home and shit got real because nothing gets more real than becoming a stay-at-home mom and understanding what it takes to be to be not to be <laughs> to be with your kids 25 8 and I mean that wholeheartedly because it's not just oh let's lay on the couch and watch tv no it is so much more than that it's cooking it's cleaning it's washing it's um if they get sick it's taking care of them oh we've got homework oh wait we have to pick them up from school now wait what it's half day and it's just there's always there's never two days that are alike each day is different each day holds its own challenges and each day um tests your patience differently and so i started to realize that staying at home full-time just wasn't for me like I needed something else something tangible something that I could say I don't know I I, we're all different but for me personally in my experience I needed something more I I loved being home but I just needed a little bit of a break so I started picking job I started what's called temping which is when dental offices are in need of a dental hygienist because a hygienist is sick or because a hygienist is on maternity leave or they just need somebody to fill in for a day or so and I'd be the girl to call. So I started temping and before you know it, here I am again, picking up three shifts a week. And my husband's like, well, that's defeating the purpose. That's not what we did this for. And I'm like, I know. And then at the same time, 
money's coming in, so I feel good providing, but then I'm missing the kids while I'm at work. I come home and I feel sad that I miss the entire day with them. So it's like, I feel like as humans, especially as moms, I feel like we're never 100% satisfied. I wasn't happy being 100% home, but I wasn't happy being out working so much. So I just needed to make sure to find my balance. And I eventually got it down where if I worked once or tops twice a week, I felt satisfied as a career woman. And I still dedicated the majority of my week to being home with my kids. I was able to find, I kind of designated it where my mother-in-law has them once a week and my mom has them once a week and then the rest of the week they're all mine. So it kind of works because the grandmas get to help out a little bit and they enjoy their time with the kids, but they don't feel kind of obliged or tied down to be watching my kids 24-7 and having to kind of build their own private Um, lives around my children's schedule. So it became something a little bit more flexible, a little bit easier to to manage. Um, Fast forward to last year, my son broke his leg. He broke his femur. He was at my mom's house and he was, he got on a bench trying to sit down for breakfast, lost a step and broke his femur. And that took a ginormous toll on my mama heart. Um, I took a toll on my entire family. I had to stop working for four months. I'm sorry, for four weeks while he had his cast on because he couldn't sit. So therefore he couldn't be in a car seat. So we were pretty much stuck at home. And to say I was overwhelmed. I mean, I can't even, (laughs) I can't even describe the feeling of just not I I couldn't do any of the things that satisfy me. And I know that sounds a little bit selfish, but we can't forget that as mamas, we are humans. We are, we have our own identity that goes beyond being just a mama. We are so much more than that. And of course, in a heartbeat, we drop everything and we become that mama that the children need at that moment. But mentally, it was hard. And it was hard to keep my other children happy too because they also needed bits and pieces of me. But the majority of me had a baby with a broken leg clinging on to me. And there was moments, of course, that I enjoyed just loving on my baby and just holding my baby and making him feel better because as we all know, when babies get sick, all they want is their mama. So that's who I was. But it was becoming exhausting and overwhelming. Um, Again, awesome support system my mom and my mother-in-law we showing up making sure that the kids were picked up dropped off and taken care of went back to work after the baby's cast came off god is so great he didn't need any sort of therapy he just kind of started walking again and he was back to normal i take that back he was not back to normal he was back to normal times 100 because then he started showing his true colors and he became a full-blown boy super active super wild and just always keeping us like running and chasing him and just kind of being on on his toes. And that with time becomes exhausting as well. Are we noticing a theme now? It is exhausting to raise a baby boy. My girls were not a handful whatsoever. They've always been pretty, pretty calm kids. Like they love to dance. They love to laugh. They love to be goofy, but they know when it's time to be serious. And with our son, We've realized that he is so wild. He just gives zero fucks, to be honest. (laughs) He's so brave. 
He, we thought that he would lose his bravery after breaking his leg, and boy, were we mistaken. If anything, he just felt even more invincible, and he was jumping off of everything and throwing things and constantly wanting to fight because uh, my husband is rough, and he plays rough with him, so he thinks that that's the way to play. So he's just a lot. He takes up a lot of energy because he is a lot of energy. And I've just come to the point where... Like, I am busy enough with my three babies that I think that's enough. Like, I know that's enough. I don't think. I know that's enough. There's so many other things that come into play. A couple years ago, I found my faith. And I mean, I've had a faith, but I really found my faith. I found a genuine relationship with God. And to feel what it is like to be in relationship with God is so addicting that you just kind of want to want everybody just to have a bite and if you follow my personal ig or my other social media platforms you know i'm all about my faith and i'm all about my relationship with god and i'm constantly posting about it because it feels so good to have started this new life with god that i just want all of you to have a little piece of it and then once you have a little piece i know you're going to want the entire thing you're going to want the entire cake you're going to want that entire relationship and you're going to want to feel that full love of god for you so i know that there i've learned that there is a greater purpose for me that goes beyond the things that i thought were possible in this world aside from being a hygienist having my career in check or being a mom having my three kids or being a good wife making sure that I try my hardest to keep a clean home as best as I can have food on the table take care of everybody in the household it goes beyond that God has called me to help him bring more people to him to have relationships with him and to include him in their daily lives and to trust in him and for him to provide them with love and happiness and with a village of people to support them in the darkest moments and for them to become the supporters of their villagers, their other village people to support them whenever they have heavy loads to carry because we were put on this earth to be surrounded by people who want to help you carry your burdens so that the people that you invest in emotionally can also want to invest emotionally in you and be there for you whenever you're having those darkest darkest moments and I know that that is my mission in life that's what God has called me to do and right now with the load that I have with my children there is no possible way that I could even fathom the idea of bringing a fourth baby into our home into our family when I am trying to accomplish all the others all these other things and these other things also include this podcast I enjoy Mama's AF the community that we have built with Mama's AF is extraordinary it is part of the village that I'm talking about. It's the group of women that will rise up for you when you are down and you, and vice versa. It's going to work both ways. It does work both ways. And that's the beauty of this. And I want to invest in all of these things because I know that I can handle more and I don't want to. And I know this is going to sound awful. I might get backlash. I don't want to be tied down with another baby because if I have another baby, it's not investing nine months of, of my body, of my time, of my energy. It's investing two years because I love breastfeeding my kids and I would carry my baby, recover from a C-section, breastfeed for a year or so, 
and have a wild toddler running up and down the stairs and have the girls running around after him chasing and it's just it would be way too chaotic for our home it would be way chaotic we would lose the peace that we are able to kind of establish with the little routines that we have um and all that is dandy and all nice and dandy but my husband still wanted that fourth kid so I had to get to the point where we had to sit down and have a conversation and we had to kind of be realistic about it and realize that although the idea of a fourth child may seem beautiful in a portrait, the reality of the thing is that my husband is not very hands-on. My husband takes on his role of providing to the extreme. He works Monday through Saturday, sometimes Sunday. He works in construction, but we also have our landscape business. So he juggles all of that. So I don't really have him to help me in reality. I'm the one raising the kids. I'm the one that's going through all this madness. I'm the one whose mental health would be jeopardized, if we're being honest. Um, In the midst of everything that I've just shared, I also was hit with my anxiety and my depression. And that was last year. So I had to find a way to crawl out of that hole And I think, again, I think the women that surround me, because many of the women that surround me were able to constantly be pulling me out of my hole of depression, of sadness, of anxiety, of overwhelmingness. And I know that right now where I stand, I stand at peace. I stand happy. I stand feeling invincible. I feel like I can I can handle it all. And I know that if I add one more child to that equation, I can lose the stability that I've been able to accomplish with my mental health. So um, at the end of the day, my husband realized that I was right. Thinking of adding a fourth child would be way too much for us to handle. It's hard enough to get a date night, to get somebody to watch the three kids. Now throwing in an extra kid will make it extra hard on us. And we started having babies young and we turned 30 this year. And we always said that by 30, we were done having babies. So it just kind of seemed perfect for us to kind of be done with the the stage of growing our family and just kind of focusing and pouring into our children that we have now. God has blessed us with three healthy babies with three completely different individual personalities. And especially now with the quarantine, I've been trying to pour as much faith into them as possible. This quarantine has kind of had me in a roller coaster where I started getting, I started panicked, super scared of what this pandemic was going to bring to uh, being okay to be locked up here at home to wanting to get the hell out of the house and it's just we our emotions have just been everywhere but the one thing that has remained constant has been our faith in God and our faith that this is going to end soon and we want to well I want my children to realize and I want us here in my home to realize that there is something more to what is going on this year, 2020. Um, If you haven't listened to our other episode about the 2020 vision, Christy said it one day, and I swear I talk about this every single day because I, I, I really believe what Christy said. She said, the year 2020 is meant for something greater. It's meant for us to see in 2020 vision. And I probably said that all wrong, Christy, so sorry. But that was like the idea of it. And that's how I interpret it. So I'm here at home, quarantined, I say, even though we're not really quarantined, but like kind of isolated in our home 90% of the time. Um, 
And I want to be able to see beyond the things of this world, beyond the things that social media portrays life is about. And I want to teach my children what life is about. Life is about being Christ-like. Life is about loving one another, helping one another, being able to carry one another's hardships, being there to support our family and our friends whenever they need us because one day we might need them and it'll be nice to have them around to support us. So with that being said, we I just kind of threw my whole life story at you guys, but I we really just feel that this is the right move for our family. Um, one of the questions that I got, which is another one of the big reasons why I didn't post ahead of time, but one of the things that um, people are wondering is why my husband didn't get the surgery done, which would have been a whole lot less invasive. It would have been a whole lot of an easier recovery. Um, so I want to answer that uh, for him, even though I wish he would kind of be here to answer for himself, but y'all are just gonna have to take my word for it. <laughs> so he didn't want to do it. He is a chicken shit. Let me just be real. But his excuse was that he was afraid to lose function. He claimed that me doing this surgery wouldn't um, affect my ability to function sexually. And he felt that it may risk him and his potential to function, which is a total crock of shit. But whatever. That's what he said. And at the end of the day, what I... um, what I keep telling the people that I keep asking me why he didn't do it. The reason why I, I just kind of feel like, okay, I'm the one who is the one that gets pregnant, right? Um, so I am choosing that I had enough. <laughs> I know that sounds silly that I've had enough, but I just, I know that I don't want to end up pregnant. If my husband doesn't want to do it, I have to respect that. If I am choosing that I don't want to be pregnant anymore in my lifetime, that I want to invest my time and my energy in other things other than bringing more babies into this world, that I'm going to make that decision for me. And ultimately, that's what I did. I mean, I had to have the conversation with my husband because it is our family. But if he isn't brave enough, I'm going to say it like that because that's the truth. If he isn't brave enough to do it himself, then I'm going to do it for me because it's what I want. It's I want to protect my body from being impregnated again. And so, yeah, that's the whole thing. Um, I did I did do it during COVID. So. I did have to be by myself in the pre-op and the post-op and nobody was ever allowed to be with me in the hospital. Um, My mom dropped me off and my husband picked me up from the hospital. The procedure I was told was going to last 30 minutes. Um, I don't remember because I was put under. I just know that I went in at 7 p.m. I think or 6.30 p.m. and I didn't get out of there until 8, 8.30 p.m. So I just don't know if it took me longer to wake up or what the case may be, but, um, I do have three incisions. They went in through my belly button and then I don't know why they did two other incisions, two small incisions to the left of my belly button. So in total, I have three. Um, I did not feel prepared for the surgery in the sense of, I don't think my doctor did a good job in explaining, 
the possible um, recovery scenarios for me. He made it sound like it was not a big deal that I would be up and at it in a few days. Nothing too serious. And hell no, he was wrong. I felt like I was recovering from a C-section. So I was totally disappointed in him not preparing me very well mentally. And second of all, he did not give me any pain meds for 24 hours after the surgery. Until after the surgery because he was having some issues communicating with the pharmacy and because we're having this whole like epidemic with opioids and whatnot it was it just makes it a little bit extra harder apparently for doctors to be able to get the pain pills for their patients I called like four times crying saying that I was in pain and that I needed the medicine and apparently the doctor was too busy to handle it for me so I was super pissed off very disappointed at the end of it Janet my comadre was uh, able to stop by the my doctor's office and just pick up a paper copy of the uh, prescription instead of having him do it electronically or tele- or by the by telephone. Um, and then a week later, I um, I called because no one told me if I needed a post op appointment or not. So I called and they're like, "Oh yeah, you need a one week post op." By this point, I'm overwhelmed. Kids have started school. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to go waste two to three hours at the OBGYN's office for him to take a look at me for two minutes and say I look good and then let me go. So me being a brat, I called and I told her, you know what, have his nurse call me or his assistant call me and then I'll decide if I want to do a post-op appointment or not. So she calls me, poor girl, like (laughs) I just kind of unloaded on her because I was just so frustrated and because of you guys, seriously, as because of the Mamaz AF community, I thought, what a shitty experience. Like, thank God I am in a good mental state to be able to handle like the emotional aspect of this big change in our life, of this big decision in my life. So because of that, I was like, I'm going to say something like this is not okay. So I did tell her that I was super disappointed in the treatment Uh, and the patient care that they had given me or the lack thereof. Um, I told them that I had had three great pregnancies and three great C-sections with this doctor and I trusted nobody else but him to do this for me and I just kind of felt like this was my last hurrah with him and he completely like just tossed me to the side like that's that's how I felt like he didn't listen to he didn't really explain to me everything that goes into the recovery. He didn't explain to me um, how I would feel right afterwards. Nothing like nothing, like immediately after like waking up from surgery, nothing. He didn't have my pain medication ready. He wasn't answering my phone calls. Like his staff wasn't on top of him to hurry up and get back to me because I was pain and I was in tears in pain and nobody called to follow up on me the next day. Like just nobody gave a shit for my existence. And that's how I felt. And I told her, I said, I'm not saying this just to be a bitch. I am saying this for you guys to make it better. I said, because what if I was that mom that had to make this decision for other reasons other than the fact that I truly felt in my heart that my family is complete? What if I was that mom that just felt on the fence about it and I, for some reason, had to do this procedure and now because of the lack of patient care, I just felt like depressed and I just felt worthless and I don't know like this is a big deal for women we are 
we run on hormones, man. And this could have totally fucked me up had I not been in a good mental state. So I did tell her that and she apologized and she really appreciated the feedback. So yeah, I just needed to make sure that it was said because I would hate for other women to go through something like that. And to be super emotional because they weren't taken care of the right way. Like, it's not okay. Um, another thing that I wanted to share was that I was, I'm, I'm a Yorona. Like, I cry for everything. I am like a super emotional person. And I was a little nervous to get this procedure done because I didn't want to cry about it. Like, I wanted to be sure that I was sure that I was sure that I did not want any more babies. It's a big deal. So... I prayed a lot and I told God, like, if this is not what you want for me, if you want me to bring more babies into this world, like line it up for me, make it clear in my mind and my heart, like make it clear to me what you want me to do, like put obstacles in front of me if you don't want me to do this or open up the doors for me if you want me to do this. And I felt that I that he made me, my heart fill with peace and my mind with clarity because I expected me to cry like at least a day or two afterwards or waking up from anesthesia or something. And I didn't. And up until this day, I'm almost two and a half weeks post-op. I still haven't cried. I feel okay. Like I, I'm, I'm happy and I'm excited and for what's next in life. And I'm good. Like I feel so good. Um, so yeah, I think that's pretty much sums up everything that I wanted to share. I did ask my husband for a quote. I said, what do you want me to say? Because although this is my body, this is my choice. It is our marriage and it is our family. And he said, well, just say that we're excited for this next chapter of our lives and to see what's coming. So with that being said, I invite you to join us on our next episode because I will be revealing what is next for this mama. So stay tuned and thank you so much for listening to me.